Hello, I'm here with Daniela Greenwood. And I'm here with Mori Boise Barlam. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you, Moz? I'm, uh, I'm great. And um, I'm loving to talk, uh, take our talk today on Who Cares? We called. Now, is it said Who Cares? Or is it Who Cares? Or Who Cares? What are we? See, I think, I think it could be any of those. <laughs> who cares? Oh. Who cares? <laughs> well, do you care about ageism, Daniela? What do you think about ageism? This interview with Carl got me thinking, got me annoyed, yep. got me frustrated, and got me nodding. Yeah, I mean, ageism, it's a thing. And the the uh, the World Health Organization, the big push that he was speaking about, they did a lot of research internationally and found that at least 50% of the world's population is ageist toward older people. Mm. That's a figure I totally believe. And I think, you know, we can talk about societal, where that comes from, and, and, and we could talk about how that is manufactured. But... I guess, I guess, really, there's, you know, if we look, reflect on what happens in our sector, um, mm. is really something that would be great. But I, you know, there's a quote that I've been. It's always on the bottom of my email, and you may have seen it mm-hmm. before. But it's whenever an elder dies, a library burns down. And and where where does that quote come from? I do notice that on your emails. It comes from a gentleman um, who his name is Amandu Hempate, and he was. Um, about keeping culture alive in Africa, um, language, culture, and and a story, and of course, um, image. You know that was his thing, mm-hmm. um, and he he worked very hard to keep those things going. And I think that that really, for me, sums up what happens and and what where our elders sit in our community. And it seems that their position has changed dramatically um, over the years. And and now we find that many of them spend time languishing in aged care uh, and are dislocated from society and from families and not sitting at the head of the table as they once did. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I I hear you. And I think that um, I think when he spoke about the intergenerational stuff and around, um, around changing that narrative, that bleak, fading away um, narrative, it's really important. I think it's really important, as he said, in um, and we know in our industry how important it is to focus on the strengths of people and not just their deficits and how important that is for the older person. But I think his take was almost like, yeah, yeah, it's really important for them, but it's really important for the rest of, of, mm-hmm. of society so that we don't live with this dread. And this this image of nothing to look forward to, and I think he said if he'd written that book, oh, he wishes that he'd read or written that book in his thirties. Yeah, I think that does speak to the, the sense of um, we are going to have to talk together, you know, all of us around. Uh, we're an age, we're aging, and that's a blessing. Um, surely it means more than not being, you know, what it isn't. And not being that kind of cult of perfection that he spoke of in youth and things like that, but I think, I think in our industry, um, ageism can be really, really hidden. Almost mm. people, ageism comes out in different ways from really well-meaning people. Yes, agree. And and part of it is to recognise that you're not special. I'm not special. Moz, Ash isn't special. The people listening aren't special. If it's 50% of humans, 
Um, it's 50% of all of us are ages towards older people. So just keeping that front and centre, keeping it front and centre in our interactions, thinking I'm probably ageist in ways that I don't even know I'm being ageist. To yep. Just to know that we're probably affected by that really deeply. So how do you see it expressed in your experience? Because I really had to think, because you mentioned well-meaning people, people with the best of intentions, and yeah. and sitting back and watching that. And I, I kind of had a, I got a few ideas, but I was curious, how have you seen it play out in aged care where you go, wow, that's that's ageist and, and people yeah. have meant it? Because I don't think they do mean it, obviously. I agree. I, I agree most people don't. And I and I think um and I think people don't want to be like that if if it was revealed to them the people I've worked with in aged care anyway kind of kind of go, Oh my gosh, I don't I don't want that and I think most people don't. Deep down there's no way that they want to discriminate against people because of their age. I think I really believe I have hope in our community, but I think some of the key ways that ageism plays out which in the form of discrimination is around any time that we think that an older person can't make their own decision. Yep. Any time we just kind of look at family, look mm -hmm. at the daughter or the son and say, so what does mum like? Or let's go to a room and find out her pre... Any time we believe that older people can't make their own decisions is discrimination. Mm-hmm. And that really has an impact on people, on how people see themselves even. People start to become these people who have this kind of learned helplessness. But in more casual ways, like he was talking the language around, you know, senior moment and stuff, that's for us personally. But when well-meaning people speak to older people in ways that don't afford them adult status. Yeah. So they might, oh, all right, sweetie, let's go through there, good girl. Sweetie. Those things, yeah, those <laughs> things are humiliating. They are. And I've worked with a lot of staff, the most wonderful. I can still see their faces in workshops that I run around this over the years. And, and they really, when they say, when they call people love or darling or mama, you know, they, in their hearts, it feels like it's coming from a good place. But for older people, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, that that's that's totally my my experience too, and and that's the one that sprung to mind. But you know what I'd really like to open up here is that yeah. I'm thinking there's this there's this sense, and I loved his quote. He talked about it's not the slither downhill towards the tomb, and that really got me thinking when he said that because I keep thinking about that whole idea of you know people are in residential aged care, so they're living. They should live to thrive and be alive. That's what mm. we want to create. And and I feel that there are things that people avoid. That's what I've noticed in aged care. People tend to avoid a couple of things. They try to avoid sadness. They don't want anyone to go anywhere near sadness, uh, uh, an elder. Mm. And they don't, they seem to want to hide them and cocoon them from the talk of death. Now, yeah. I know that there are people that don't want to do that. I know that. But in my experience, there's a lot of people that say things to me like, "You, my mother, here's, my mother said to me, they, you go to your table and sometimes you look across and Betty isn't sitting there anymore and then the next mm -hmm. day somebody else is. They don't tell you. And I think this is something that really we should think about is the generations that are in residential aged care at the moment 
did death a lot better than than we did. And I think that when somebody said to me, I'm frightened that they will forget me, that was the biggest thing. And I think that we think as ageism, another part of ageism is the fear of death. We don't want to talk about that to them. They are in the twilight and they're approaching that and they're coming to terms with that. So yep. if it's appropriate, I think it's okay. The other thing was was the emotions. I think I think everyone agrees and all practitioners in the mental health space will agree that we need to experience all of the emotions. And I had once had someone say to me, please don't play him a song today. I said, why not? She says, I get sad. And I said, yeah, I'll sit with him through that. Anyway, we had a discussion and she really didn't want me to play a song. And I explained that it's important for him to have a catharsis and to get it out, not to bottle it in all day and just talk over it. She disagreed, and so I had to run by what she said. But I went to the RN and had a chat. And the RN agreed. The RN agreed, as did the manager later, that we needed to allow him to experience all emotions and to go through that because it was cathartic and it was being bottled up. Now, the part of ageism that I see here is that we think that people don't want to talk about where they're at. I don't know if there's anything in that for you, but that that's what That's came just to me. all paternalism, Moz. All of that is paternalism. Mm. Not wanting to protect people from things and not wanting them to feel sad. It's like it you know, it, it's it, it's helicopter children. <laughs> you know, we talk about Whoa, whoa, know, whoa, what what was that? Helicopter children. Well we hear children. we hear about that. parents who are helicopter parents. And and now we're we're talking about helicopter children. Oh, don't want dad to feel sad, so don't play yeah. that song. You know, and the fact that you even said that we think he should be allowed to experience all. I mean, that's a, even that's scary. We think he, you and a yeah, nurse right. think he should be able to feel emotions. Mm. Why does that have to have sanction from medical professionals? I mean, I think we need to even interrogate what mm. you've said even deeper. Yeah, right. well, I think we all know that it's a terrible, it's a terrible way that we, um, and it is paternalism, and it's it's our own anxieties and fears as well. That's it's that it's that all of that rolled up into one our own fears of death. So, we you know I when I worked on the floor as a personal carer, it was sort of oh distract the residents while we take someone's body yes. out. Oh. And 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 I think I think we've all spoken, and I think the industry's spoken a bit about that, and we know that that that's no longer useful or worthwhile. It's actually scary, as you said, because people aren't really afraid of dying; they're afraid of. The kind of shame involved in don't let anyone know that you know she's gone, mm. and, and I think, I think when he was talking about, um, you know, let's focus on people's strengths and and indi an individual's strengths and what individuals can still do as a means of kind of finding their 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 purpose, and and much of that was kind of. He kind of framed that in a, in a younger person's understanding of strengths as you age, so better skills in business with people and all of those sort of things. But when you really strip it back and think about what all of us as humans, not business people, but humans value, and I think, I think any most people I speak to anyway would say they value their relationships with friends, their bonds with other people and maybe that circle of people it definitely decreases as you get older um but that's that's what people value and when we've you know when we've asked residents what they value it's their relationships when we ask staff what they value did you know over and above money 
We're talking about workforce issues now and no one's talking about this. Um, they, of course, they value money and they dis- and we've, you and I have both fought vehemently for them to be paid mm. um, what they're worth and what society values that at. But um, what they deeply value themselves is their relationships with residents. Yeah. And, of course, residents have something to offer, What that, that thing that we all value. When I was a personal carer, Moz, I remember... Um, I remember, when, especially, especially when I first started out, how blown away I was by how amazing it was to be able to walk into any one residence room and to be able to connect with that person pretty quickly, pretty deeply. How amazing is that? And I couldn't, I didn't have that in the rest of my life, you know. And, and do I value that? Did I value that? My gosh, it's I, I miss doing personal care work for that reason, mm-hmm. being able to connect that deeply. And that's not airy-fairy. Oh, residents are like, that's like me really getting something from the relationship. So in terms of strengths and what these people have to contribute, um, that needs to be recognised as something that all of humanity values and something that older people really have um, a big part in still contributing to. And we, we I, Bill Thomas, I think it is, talks about elderhood. Uh, he, well, he says that he says elderhood. But, um, you know, elderhood is, is, is something that you arrive at. I, I, w- I was thinking of that David Bowie quote. Um, he yeah, used... he, gets, he gets points for quoting <laughs> Bowie. Come on. But it is a good quote. But I, I found another one where I thought it was quite funny. Aging is an extraordinary process whereby you become the person that you always should have been. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we, there are life lessons. I don't know. I'm hoping that I, I become a better person too. But I liked um, Betty White said, my mo- her mother used to say, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. <laughs> humour. <laughs> you know, and I think people, there's, there's humour needed what? around. <laughs> I know, absurd, huh? <laughs> Betty White. Now I don't know if I get points from. For, for... No, that you get points too. Oh, good. Um, Both of you get points for this. I don't have a good quote, so um, I'll have to come up with some better quotes for next time. Yeah, That's next hilarious. Week. It is pretty funny, and I love that Betty White said that. But you know, like, um, you know, this whole idea of elderhood. Um, you know, we we arrive at this this age, and and people people often say to me because I use the term elder, and people say, oh, you shouldn't use that term. You know, what does that mean to it's an indigenous term, and, it, and it's not. It, it's a, a term that the First Nations have embraced, but the, it's a beautiful use, in fact, in the First Nations brothers and sisters world of honouring and, and respecting, but also having a place at the table for wisdom, for story, for knowledge. And, and I know. For... Can I just throw a spanner in the Yeah, works? throw a spanner Can in Can I just? Only because you're such a good sport. So <laughs> when I worked with a particular company and I did a whole change process throughout the whole organisation, 30-something homes, did hundreds and hundreds of hours of focus groups with residents, families, staff. Oh, dear. And, and we this finished going? This and oh, dear. We all felt really good about changing this word resident to elder. And we went through the thing, oh, is this appropriating kind of Indigenous language and that. And at the end of the day... I think it was residents themselves that just said, nah, we we just want to be residents. And mm. I think that elder term is really North American, really. It, it is. And a lot of the, you know, the, your Bill Thomases and your Edens, everything, it's very North American and that's fine. But I think I discovered that from about 
quite a lot of residents. We did votes at residents' meetings and things. And they were like, they didn't like it. It was a bit, and they didn't like this wisdom thing too much either. Yeah, right. They were Because that's the kind of ageism thinking, well, as soon as you turn at 85, you get whacked on the head with the wisdom stick and everybody <laughs> becomes wise. If You know, it's not some true. Come, well, some, some certainly become less wise. I, I, in my experience, if I'm really honest, I, I, I take your points on, on all those with the elder because we've battled and, and wrestled with that term as well. And, and I think that I, I wouldn't, I don't think residents do like that term in my experience, but I, well, we use it because it states the way that we're not trying to get people to use it. We're using it because it's the, the position that we put the elder in when we work with them and the way we perceive them. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of argument around that. And certainly, um, certainly I don't think residents necessarily want to be called anything other than residents, but the, the word resident sort of t- implies reside, you know, and it's sort of temporary. So I, I've struggled with that term. And it, when I worked with the homeless community, they were referred to as clients. And I just yeah. I find that, I, I know. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, aged care have been through, is it clients? Is it, you know, care recipients? Is it, is it, and consumers makes them a, a completely different thing oh. again. And I, so I think, I think as he said too, language matters. I mean, words make worlds, obviously, in the way we, mm. We limit possibilities by the way that we frame things and the way we speak about them. And I think there is a new report out um, that I just read, look, only a couple of days ago, I don't know how new it is, but really talking about um, uh, ageing isn't a, isn't old age. It's a pro- process we go through out our whole lives. All of us are ageing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... If people, if people are living in a particular shared community, like the people who live in gated communities, they'll they'll have resident meetings because that describes that kind of a meeting. And mm. um, I, in a group I'm working with at the moment, we've decided to use resident, but in in all all of the writings about them, it's citizen resident. So just reminding that these people are citizens, and they happen to be living in a particular place. Mm. Really, to just again, because words matter. So you know, the citizen resident um, is has said you know those sorts of ways of talking about people. I think that that citizen is an important way to frame these citizens who happen to be living living in these institutions. I'm going to throw that word around. I think that's a really good point, and and points to you for you actually did use a quote just then. Words make worlds, so. That's, is that, oh, yay. Yeah, you did a quote. Thanks, boss. No, no, I got, I got one quote in. <laughs> oh. Hey, we're going to run out of time. You know what? We're too, this is too interesting. We're going to run out of time, I, I think. Did, it, did you like the U-shaped happiness thing too? I did too. Yeah. What like, did you like about it? We're happy when we're young. I, I, think it's, I think it already makes sense in my life because I'm miserable now. No, I'm not. No. But the idea <laughs> that, we're real, that, that when you get older, it's true. You do become um, just a bit more comfortable in your own skin oh. i love that quote around you know at 40 we don't care what there others think at 60 you realize nice. yeah people weren't thinking about me at all at all anyway. yeah that was a great quote so you used another <laughs> quote so you're quite you're going quite crazy um that is but okay what's the takeaway message for me for for people actually working with um older people and citizen residents or citizen clients in a community context just keep front and center whether i whether I really know it or not, ageism has shaped 
the way I'm going to interact with this fellow citizen. And I need to be really aware of how it's, it's impacted me and how it changes the way they think about themselves. So I'm, I'm going to try and really invest some energy because that's the right thing to do to make sure that my language, my tone of voice, the liberties I think I can take for this person and um, that, that they're all acknowledging that broader ageism and the risk that poses to human rights and to pe how people feel about themselves. So just to be really conscious of, of how the whole system, especially residential aged care, is built on ageism really, isn't it? And I think I, think I agree with you 100%. I guess what I'd add to, for my takeaway message is that this and all issues really need to, we need to confront them, those of us that stand outside and are looking in, we need to confront how we feel and, and, and change the view and, and change our view and change our children's view of the way we perceive older citizens, elders, elderhood people. And they are people, they've experienced love, they've experienced passion and sex and wild times, they've experienced sorrow, they've experienced a lot, as we all will. And as they live through that, there's a lot to share and to offer and I think that it's about seeing people as people and talking to them as people. You don't change the way you speak to someone because they have cognitive challenges or they're older. And that's it's my take-home message. And I try really hard never to do that. Oh, my garden is very dry and needs a water, Daniela. Well, oh, you, you better go and water it if you're allowed. I've got a waratah. I have a waratah oh. flowering. It's about to flower. Oh, you, you lucky, lucky things. Take a photo and send it. I'm going to do that. Maybe we can post it oh. on the podcast. We All can right. See that, that sounds good. We'll give it to Ash. He'll do that. Mo Moz, it's been fantastic. Oh, look, I did want to say one thing yeah, very go. quickly. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to disagree with Ash. What? Look. Is it about I... us being silly? No, it's about bingo. What? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I... Listen, what right do we have an opinion? What right do we have to have an opinion on whether bingo is meaningful or good for people? I enjoy bingo sometimes. Older people love it. Mind your own business. <laughs> you know, it's just if that's the only thing offered, it, it's it's become a bit of a red herring. It is such I like a red herring. I bingo Look, myself. It Leave is people all alone. about individual choice. It all comes back. There are people that love bingo. And what we're going to do next week, we're going to play bingo on who cares because who cares about bingo we do or some of us we do, do. some we of do. us do <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right to chat to you as always fantastic to speak to you maurice see you next week take care